It's reporters assemble. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, you heard it. The sports reporters they have indeed assembled, and what that means is Bob Silverman, the man who always reads the rundown. He loves a good rundown. He loves a good outline. He comes prepared for this podcast, like Andrew Hammond of the Detroit Free Press and myself do every single week. Bob, good afternoon, sir. What do you what do you make of it this week? I don't know, man. I'm still pissed off about all the <laughs> stuff we said before we went on air that I can't talk about. I am I'm I am hot under the collar. <laughs> I am I have a bee in my bonnet. I am irked. A bee in your bonnet. I am, I am of distemper. My bodily humors, not to get into the whole Elizabethan great chain of being thing, are out of sort. Yeah, I'm good. How are you, man? Oh my goodness. Andrew, are we prepared for Bob today? No, we are not. Um, yeah. <laughs> we are not. Um, I'm I'm good? Question mark? Yeah. Um, it's a Monday. It's a Friday. It's absolutely before. not a Monday. It's, Don't do that. Don't put that on me. It feels like a Monday. <laughs> it feels like a Monday. Shut Look, up. People, one, it's actually Friday. People are listening to this on Saturday. Mm-hmm. That's double plus wrong really yeah you Ooh. know it, it's here's the thing mm-hmm. it's we're we are it's finally football season so you've got week two or basically week three of college football stuff and week one of the nfl so yeah i've kind of sort of just been uh head is all over the place and i'm just ready for this to kind of be over so we can actually like kick the tires on the season well we can let's talk about last night bucks cowboys andrew is live tweeting it bob did you did you watch any of it yeah it was all game man that was fun that was a good game that was so good that was much better than it had any any reason to be um the up and downs of dak in this game was fun i i enjoyed all of it but I am just, I don't know, I was texting with some buddies and I was like, oh, this is going to come down to Greg Zerline, isn't it? My theory was mm-hmm. fucking um, uh, Mike McCarthy should have gone for it on fourth down. What uh, was that field know. goal at the end of the half? That 60-yard field goal was Zerline? Like, what? There was a lot of questionable Mike, play calling. Mike McCarthy did some, did some shit yesterday that I'm just, it, I, I thought about Packer fans. Mm-hmm. Like they're watching this movie. <laughs> this is why we got rid of him. Like and, and I'm not trying to say it in a joking way, but like literally, it was everything that Mike McCarthy did in Green Bay. He's doing in Dallas, and you can argue he's doing it under an enormously bigger microscope. And so, yeah, um, just if I, I get why you at least want to try it because he does have the leg to do it. But I'm sorry. He had missed what two? Or he, he had missed, he missed one, a field goal and an extra, extra point, point to that point. Yeah, and then you decide to go for a field goal. Uh, cool, cool, fine. Still carried two uh, timeouts on the plane back to Dallas with him. So yeah, uh, <sighs> oh, Mike McCarthy. He should. There was look. If if they gave the ball back to Brady, mm-hmm. he was going to score full stop so you need a touchdown there to make it a game i know that whatever the i'm sure some all the football quants will say that that is not 
the best strategy. But I, I, I think he counted out touchdown Tom. Well, Arians got lucky too because he didn't. Um, he did, he accepted that penalty to give the Cowboys another play, so they lost some time. So I was wondering about that too. Of just like, why would you take that penalty? The holding call, I think, is what it was, and it gave Dallas another opportunity to do something. I I don't know. That was that was a dumb one because you want to give Brady as much time to do a two minute drill. But I I forget who said it, but Bruce mm. Arians looks and and this is I for, if you can. If you were the wise wag on Twitter who came up with this jibe, uh, uh, please announce yourself in the comments. But Bruce Arians always looks like he's wearing every single gift his nieces and nephews got him for Christmas. <laughs> and I think that's really that that's kind of his vibe as well. Are you that person? You have nieces and nephews, right? Yeah. Have they gotten you anything they're embarrassing still, that you're expecting to wear? They're still too young to get me gifts. I get, okay. I get hand-drawn cards. I put them on the fridge. That's it. Mm. I don't get actual presents from Do you them. critique the art? No. Does your dad? He's an artist. No. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> art in a birthday card. What kind of monsters do you think we are? Can I give you a fun, quick birthday story? Birthday card story? Sure. My grandmother. Love her to death. I know she's listening. Hi, Nanny. Um, she gave me the same birthday card back to back years one year when I was in high school and didn't believe me. And I like went upstairs and I was like, no, it's still on my desk. And she was like, no, there's, there's no way I got you the exact same birthday card from a year ago. Went upstairs, got it, pulled it, showed her side by side. I was like, exact same card. I love it. Wow. I loved it last year too. Love you, Nanny. But that, that did happen. It's hard to do. It's hard to do. Um, I also thought Dak looked amazing in this game. And it, that was cool to see Dak is someone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got a couple of runs, too, just in case anyone was worried about the old. Oh, dude, Brady. I was nervous. I was nervous. Well, I was nervous because like, Vitavea was just, first... like, destroying this Cowboys offensive line all game. Just when, mm-hmm. when, when Dak had that first run that kind of. But where he, because he was kind of dancing around yeah, the pocket a little bit. Started, but then when he, he took was, off, but yeah. when he took off, I'm just like, oh dear God. Oh, because here's the thing, I know that you know Tampa has a you know, it's the first game of the season, but for some reason, the and they've done a better job of this as of late. But places like Tampa, Jacksonville, basically any Florida. Uh, facility, any Florida stadium that has natural grass, that grass just looks like crap, you know, by the end of September. And I'm thinking, oh, dear God, oh, dear. Like on that surface, I was getting nervous, but I was like, okay, it seems to be doing fine. Um, but yeah, no, he looked, he looked absolutely fantastic last night. Um, yeah, no, uh, no problems with how he played um but yeah that team is if 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 the nfc east is gonna go like we all think it will this is going to be a very long season gonna get a seven and ten division winner i don't think so see but that it, sounds wrong you said that thing. <laughs> i think i think i'll say this Nine wins probably wins you the division. Mm. And that's probably, and that's maybe like a, I feel 60% confident about that. Are you saying we're in for some playoff Ryan Fitzpatrick? Is that what you're you're hinting at? 
I said I, I tweeted Thursday night after the game, basically saying, "Yeah, the NFC East is going to be a joy," and then I put an asterisk by the uh, joy part. I said, <laughs> "Yeah, it's going to be a complete rock fight that's going to end on Sunday Night Football in the last week of the season because, of course." I the Cowboys. I think the most interesting thing. I, I'm worried about the CD Lamb drop stuff. That seems like something that's going to be a thing for him all year. But his yak ability is crazy. Zeke Elliott was. Uh, did he play? Are we sure Zeke Elliott suited up he for this did? game? Okay. I'm excited for all the Tony Pollard is actually better hot takes. I think he I'm is actually better. Yeah. Oh my! You know, is he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, more versatile. Cowboys well, you got Michael Carter up there in New York. How excited are yeah. the New York Jets fan base to to get Michael Carter going? Uh, uh yeah, the tri-state area is really <laughs> aflame with Michael Carter talk. Well, to be fair, they're still, as Andrew and I know, they're still they're still lit from that Rutgers beatdown from from over the weekend, where there you know the tri-city area is what made the Big Ten really go up a level and getting that demographic because we know that everybody in the tri-city area loves loves them some scarlet night football and the the return of greg shiano um but they're they're beat down over the weekend i'm sure people are still talking about that when you're when you're going to get a a bagel from a bodega what is it is that just all the conversation about what uh what happened with those one-on-one scarlet knights the who now I think Bob just self destructed. Right. Yeah. Um, that sounds about right. James Gandolfini. Um, mm-hmm. That's the extent of my Rutgers knowledge, is James Gandolfini went to Rutgers. There you go. Um, we're going to take a quick break for a message from our sponsors, but we'll be right back. All right, we are back on the Sports Reporters assembling on this Friday afternoon. You're hearing this on a Saturday, but. Uh, Bob Silverman still joins me. Andrew Hammond still joins me. Uh, Andrew. Yo. Give me your best Ben Simmons trade right now. When you've been thinking about it, give me your favorite one that you would do. Not most realistic. I mean, have some realism in your answer here, but um, not what's most likely, not what Daryl Morey's most likely to do. Your favorite Ben Simmons trade is what? My favorite Ben Simmons trade, and this might be lazy, this might be a cop out. Don't trade him. Mm. Like, I know that it's pretty much going to happen, but I'm just sitting here like, okay. You want to, you know, that if he just gets his head out of his, you know what, he will be fine. If you put enough, if, and like, like I've said, since what may june when this all just get an ass kicking vet bring an ass kicking vet into that locker room oh god and you will be <laughs> fine i've seen this I'm movie before sighing. actually every time every time andrew is like you know what they need mentoring mentoring <laughs> and, and, and am i wrong am i uh, here's yes, the thing you're wrong what, the why who's who's, who's who's the leader in that locker room right now it, I, they need people who are better at sports is what they need than ben simmons is at sports that's what but, they need. But who's who, who's the leader in that locker room because getting danny green of ben simmons 
Who, who was did did Milwaukee win the title last year because like PJ Tucker growled and said some like I do think PJ Tucker was a big part things. of it. Yes, I don't know if PJ Tucker the... was PJ Tucker was a was a was it was it was they won because nobody could stop freaking Giannis. Well, that's yeah, why they won. Here's, here's the well, here's there's the a thing, multitude though. of reasons why they won. If if say let's look at the what what game was that uh game was a game seven bucks nets uh-huh you look at the guys on that bucks roster okay they, almost, they lost they almost lost that by a toe how much mentoring what i'm saying back. what i'm saying is when they were down in that game Nobody was pointing fingers. Nobody was sitting there looking at each other like, oh, shit, we're in the deep water. We oh don't know God. what to do. I can't do. believe you're doing body language reading about no. the Bucks. I literally, I literally saw the Hawks series. I was watching it. And I'm sitting yes. there like, this This team literally is just completely fucked in the head. Well, because they... Give them another. It's their. They're ahead of their schedule. They've never been to a finals before. You know, it took them time to get there. Give them a year. And they're, and they're looking at it's each other. It's not like, like if oh, they brought crap, in Andre Iguodala, that would dramatically change things. No, Andre... I'm not. I'm not saying that it's that it's gonna dramatically change or whatever. But that if you get rid of Ben Simmons, what does that do? That get you get rid of Ben Simmons. Okay, fine. But I look at the rest of that team and I'm just like. um... Well, There's I wrote no, about this. Like, they're in trouble. Like, they're in a really, really weird bind no because... Patrick Ewing... They are not in trouble. They're fine. They no, 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 no. They are in trouble because Joel Embiid is how old? With bad feet. With bad uh, knees. I, bad I don't know. Joel Embiid is ageless. He's looked 35. He's not ageless. What are we talking away. about? He's got, look, two years left max before it's over. What? Like, what? Do you really believe Joel Embiid, after another injury to his knee... like? All of his knee issues, you mean the all one of his that feet hasn't issues. Yet. Wait, what? The injury that the injury that has not happened yet. The injury that kept him out for the first year and a half of his NBA career. Right. You're saying if when he has this other injury that you're guaranteeing me is going to yes. happen, it will end Joel Embiid's career in two years. I'm saying like, end his this, career as an MVP top five guy. Clay Travis's like Demarcus Cousins will be in jail in five. No, years no, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. And that I, I can't believe you just like, compared me to him. You are deep apping right now. I'm what, what? you are doing. You're absolutely Clay Travising. No, I am not. I am saying that if it's you are, it's still, but the, the basic underlying ideology is the same. No, it's not. It's that we have Joel, history. Your point if is mm-hmm. Joel Embiid has two good years left, mm-hmm. I just want to clarify that. That's yes. your point. I think That's anything bad. after that is just. It's unlikely. I don't see how he keeps oh. it going. If he's playing with this usage, gonna, doing what he is it, doing I'm defensively. Set, I'm going to set calendar mm. alert for two years from now. Yes. And we are going to co- circle back to this, assuming mm. that civilization has not been wiped out. Let's hope not. In some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. But we are go- I am setting an, a Google alert as uh-huh. soon as we get off air. And if Joel Embiid is still playing at a high level and has not suffered a debilitating injury to his knee or any other part of his body, body I am not saying debilitating. I am, I am saying that his injuries catch up to your face. So mm-hmm. that's fair. I am willing to be wrong, but the broader point I'm making is that time is of the essence, and that every single season that you get a full season of Joel Embiid, you have to take it for you can't take it for granted because of how 
rare it's going to be. And like I'm this sorry, kind of player is so rare. Mm. I'm sorry, you are. He has proven to be. He had an injury plague college and first couple of years. Since then. He's been fine. No, he hasn't. I can go through all the different... I wrote about this. All the different things that he said. Oh, he even gets the weird oh, stuff. Oh, <laughs> How will I ever refuse he, the things you wrote in your blog? Oh, I'm sorry. Go, I'm sorry, girl. Andrew, what? Bob is on one today. He, you guys he really is. riled me up. Mm-hmm. You, you, you actually hopped on the call riled up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. There's some there's some things on the internet that are making me mad. Mm-hmm. Don't take it out on us. Internet, We're your friends. Yeah, shocker. Internet makes somebody mad. More at eleven. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> I love you, Bob. There are people who are wrong on the internet and don't know it, and they should listen <laughs> to me. Whom's just right? He bruised his knee. He tore something else. That he had a small tear in his right meniscus in the same season this year. He uh-huh. In 2020, he had a strained shoulder. In 2020, he had a torn ligament in his non-shooting hand. In 2019, he missed eight straight games due to a sore knee. And then, of course, the foot injury stuff before that. That cost him a year and a half. This man has everything. It's everything. He's fit as a fiddle. Okay. Healthy as a horse. <laughs> I hope that's the case. I love watching Joel Embiid. I hope he's awesome for five years. But if I'm Daryl Morey, I'm looking at this like... How old is he? He's 27 now, I think. I think he turns 28 this season. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I said... Because he missed so much time. Exactly. All that means is there's just not less tread on his tires. He turns 28 next season. Um, That's huge. I think you can count on four years of Joel Embiid. Well, you're giving me all this grief about two and you're doing four? Yeah, four is twice as long as oh two. Oh, my it goodness. It was 32, the age when players normally start to decline. Wings and guards, not bigs, who are seven feet tall and do what Joel Embiid does. No, bigs absolutely start declining after they reach. Like, look, all of them did. Ewing did. Uh, that, that Shaquille O'Neal No, did. I'm saying earlier. The only one who didn't was, like, Kareem, and he was some bizarro medical miracle. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Why are you getting mad at me? I'm just the messenger. <laughs> Bob, give me your favorite Ben Simmons trade. Uh, Ben Simmons plus Tobias Harris to Philly for to DC for Bradley Beal. Boom. Mm. I'm not hating it. Neither team will do it. Oh, no, yeah, right. here's the thing, Bob. That's why it works because neither team will do it. I, Philly, and then DC takes Harris and flips him for whatever they can get. But mm. you build you build a shooting centric team around Ben Simmons as a de facto center. That's how you do. That. Then where does uh, where does um, Thomas Bryant go? I, 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 you, you, I'm really not too concerned about Thomas Bryant. Look okay? pretty good before the injury last year. Yeah, so did Daniel and as, Hold on. Okay. You're giving Thomas Bryant slander when you're just like Mitchell Robinson. Awesome. Love me some Mitchell I, Robinson. I I, do you want to go through my timeline and see all the tweets I posted where I said, you know what? Maybe while, while Mitchell Robinson is still on a super cheap deal, the Knicks should move him for mm. whatever the haul they can get. Okay. I, you know, I got some receipts here. That's fair. I think the Mitchell fa- Robinson is awesome and cool, but I can also objectively parse what his value might be in a theoretical trade to upgrade the Knicks. Mm. I don't know why um, people keep yeah, throwing around Golden State. 
like there's been some really good uh like david thorpe wrote a good piece for true hoop on this but like the actual getting him there i don't know what you're doing to get ben simmons like why would and philadelphia take no, wiggins there is no trade that makes any like the Warriors None. are not giving up the warriors are not i mean uh, unless Philly, for some reason, decides they want to give up on what, like, really thinks Wiseman is going to be very good, I guess. But he's but then how are you the playing? You're not playing also. Wiseman and Embiid. No, you need a three-team trade or some kind with some other team that's so. That's so here's You're not getting him. It doesn't matter. Here, here's here's my question though: if if Golden State was seriously thinking about making this deal, if I'm they, Philly, they aren't. No, no, I'm just saying if. I know they aren't, but I'm just saying if they're thinking about making that deal, the package that Golden State would send isn't going to be nearly enough what Philly should be asking for. Philly needs players who can... There's a cool, like, theoretically, the best uh, package that Philly could probably get right now is one from Minnesota, but that entirely depends on D'Angelo Russell returning to be the player that he was for two months in Brooklyn, which he which, has actually been for yeah. two months in Brooklyn. Um, there is a very cool, amped-up version of Jamal Crawford that I think D'Angelo Russell could be. And I think, like, look, if you built a package around theoretical D'Angelo Russell, like the best version of D'Angelo Russell that existed, and Malik Beasley, that would be a devastating starting five. Embiid, Harris, Russell, Beasley, Thibault. You could hide Russell's like absolutely atrocious defense in that. Uh, I I mean, I get it. But again, that's that's the the, the D'Angelo Russell that that. Uh, yeah, you're yeah you're basically to trying to make a bet that a guy whose career has kind of plateaued can all of a sudden. It's, it's very tough for Philly because Philly can't trade Simmons for a poo-poo platter of draft picks. They need guys who are ready to right. help them and right now. Which never happens but, in these kind of trades. But unfortunately, the only teams that are going to want to trade for Ben Simmons are going to want are ones that are going to want to say, okay, we will take three or so, so years to try to build a team around the best version of Ben Simmons, and that is not a contending team. Well, and, so and teams that are not a contending team are not going to have the kind of pieces that could help a contending team. Also, you're, you're, you're gambling on, oh, can we basically get the best version of player X across the finish line when we don't even know if he wants to be across the finish line? And he, and, and, and quite frankly, has not shown that he, could, that he can get across the finish line because the one year he was at LSU, we kind of sort of saw it. Can I give you my favorite one? Sure. Simmons and Maxi for Ingram. Wait, 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 wait. I, I don't know, man. Brandon don't... Ingram? Brandon Ingram. Yeah, he doesn't mean Mark <sighs> Ingram. I, why would you want... I mean, I know why I... Philly would do that, but why would New Orleans... Well, New Orleans needs to sell tickets. They're moving. <laughs> They're they moving. To... Are you think tickets are going to fly off the shelves? Simmons and Zion? A kid who played... You mean, you, you mean Zion who's going to be gone in two years? That's what I'm saying. You might as well maximize this Zion window. I don't think... Ben Simmons sells tickets, man. He went to LSU. And uh, yeah, works, LSU basketball. But, yeah, works, but it's not. It, you you're overestimating the no connection. 
Like, nobody buys tickets to go to a basketball team because, like, a local hero is in town. Well, he's not yeah. a local hero. Let's not go that far. So, but... okay, so I, I feel like, Chase, I mm-hmm. like the idea, but the issue is he didn't really do anything at LSU. And so also, it's... He, no. you can't really play Williamson, even, even like a best-case scenario version of, of Ben Simmons. Doesn't really mesh. They both need. No, you can. You can have him as a lead ball handler. You can have because you you have Monte Graham as. You want to have Zion playing an off the ball role with Ben Simmons because you can't play Ben Simmons off the ball. I mean, you can. He can just be cutting. He does it all the time in Philadelphia. He sits in the ducker spot all game long. Version of Ben Simmons. Mm. I mean, transition Uh, Zion and Ben Simmons in transition is. They'd be a cool transition team. Look, if, no, if Dan Tony's no. coaching that group for two years, that's what I would have done. I would have traded for Simmons. That's the second thing that you're wrong about. Also, Dan Tony's not going to coach a team with two guys who can't spread the floor. He, yes, he will. And play the same position. He did it like, He did it in Houston. He just had one guy who could spread the floor. That was it. Houston what? was a bunch of non-shooters and Harden just what? running around and like finding that's, open that's, shooters. That's patently false. Name the shooters. Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon was awful. He was super hot and cold. Have you seen his numbers from he this? He took uh, like nine threes a game. They, they absolutely. It was it was Simmons, PJ Tucker, Capella. PJ Tucker was a corner three point shooter. Or Trevor oh, Ariza PJ was a corner three point shooter. Uh, oh, oh, Chris Paul lived in the mid range. Best mid range shooter lived ever. In the mid range, right? They changed the. They absolutely mm-hmm. changed the offense. To accommodate Chris Paul, but it wasn't because D'Antoni is sitting there going, "Yeah, I need more guys who can pack the paint." Mm-hmm. No, but D'Antoni noted pack the paint guy. This is all so wrong, Andrew. You're just like, yeah, it's a question of like how raw wrong can you be during this episode? There is <laughs> none, none more wrong. Joel Embiid in two years will be dead. And, wow. wow. And Mike D'Antoni is resurrecting the Twin Towers offense. It's, <laughs> it's science. No one did. No one. Hey. No one. That, that, wow. <laughs> R.I.P. though? Do I need to say R.I.P. though? <laughs> I, I, I've got nothing. Andrew, what did I do to deserve this? Uh, you existed. That's what happened. <laughs> you poked the bear is what happened. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't even know what to do. Um, we're going to give Bob a breather. What else is on? There? Are you guys doing college baseball minute? College baseball. College baseball's in the college, spring. Whatever. College football. Oh, the college football minute. Because Andrew's beloved Big 12 noted Kansas State... <laughs> Wildcat alum, the biggest alum. I clearly don't need it, but I'm getting some more coffee. Okay, no, 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 Bob. Decaf, decaf. I don't even know what that word, those words mean. <laughs> of course, he doesn't know what those words mean. Um, yeah. So Big Twelve uh, got their heads out of their asses and decided to be the hunter instead of the uh, hunted. And they added what BYU, Central Florida, Houston, and Cincinnati. Go Cougs two times. Look, I'm I'm not gonna sit here and applaud you for crossing a low bar in terms of survival. Like, if you, I'll, I'll say this: if you, is it good that they added them? Absolutely. But you could have done this. 
in 2015, 2016, and you know what's happening? You aren't losing OU in Texas. See, um, so is there a chance they stay? Huh? Is there a chance they stay? Oh, now? With this expansion? Hell is there no. a chance they stay? Hell no. Hell no. I wish uh, Sankey so, would remove it. That would be the best case scenario. Because, like, so, we love the Big 12. If they keep these four that are coming in, and then they keep OU Texas. So, but what's going to end up happening is you're probably – so I don't know if how much you've been paying attention to it uh, on a Friday. But BYU's basically kind of like, oh, yeah, this is going to happen. That's going to happen. Like, they're talking about like, – apparently BYU is slated to join the conference in 2023. And, and once again – this is according to BYU, uh, and, and BYU was basically just kind of – I'm not saying they're letting the cat out of the bag on things, but they are pretty much just kind of saying everything without, uh, you know, the conference cl- – like everybody's kind of keeping a – I'm going to say tight lip, but it's like, okay, yeah, you know, we're adding these, these schools, and BYU is like, yeah, so we're moving in 2023. They're basically guy – in the elevator on his cell phone and he's you know or just any person who's talking on a cell phone speaker and they're just kind of like dude just take your conversation somewhere else but the thing is so uh nicole Auerbach put out a tweet uh i want to say maybe five ten minutes before we uh started and was saying that yeah the BYU AD is like yeah we're gonna have uh divisions in 2023 it's like okay cool how come the conference isn't saying this so yeah BYU is kind of sort of the new uh loudmouth in the league and this is gonna be super annoying go kooks love it BYU should have been in there a long time ago maybe we prevent all this from happening you know what? I, here's my thing about BYU. BYU wanted to be basically no, West Coast Notre Dame for mm-hmm. for years, and they went the independent route, and it's just kind of like, yeah, you guys can't. You guys need a conference for football because if you think things are going to get bad for Notre Dame as an independent. Watch Do people out for think BYU. that? Uh, there's this whole angle in terms of if they're going to do playoff expansion, uh, we can't have Notre Dame at the table. Um, and to that, I kind of laugh and say, "Well, now that's on life support, right?" Like the <laughs> oh, playoff expansion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because it's the alliance is which is this whole alliance thing is hilariously bad because there's no actual goal but it's basically hey uh we aren't going to turn our backs on each other right okay cool that's all this is Hmm. so nothing nothing was really accomplished bob are you back yeah i'm here oh uh by the way the the uh, 19 the 2018 2019 houston rockets Mm mm-hmm Led the NBA of three-pointers made and attempted. Oh, yeah. Well, duh. I didn't say they weren't making threes. I'm saying they didn't have shooters. They were just putting up a bunch of threes. There's a, those are two very different things. They didn't have shooters. They, literally, there are like four guys and the five guys I can see just looking at the base. Go through the, it. Their... Go through it. Is it Tariq Black? No, it's not Tariq Black. 
P.J. Tucker shot 38% from three. Brandon Knight? Who are we going to? Chris Chris Paul shot 36% from three. Eric mm-hmm. Gordon, 36% from three. Ollie Gavridge. Fuck, okay. Fucking, fucking Daniel House yeah. shot 42% from three. He's a shooter. Gerald Green mm-hmm. shot 36% from three. Lee Gavridge. Six attempts a game. Mm-hmm. Not a shooter. I'm sorry. Those are floor spreaders. That's average. That's league average. League average is 35%. They were above the league average. Oh, you just... Yeah, Luke Richard, Mamute, Joe Johnson, Nene. You're leaving out a lot of dudes. PJ Tucker, you're... I mean, whatever. Like, Isaiah Cannon, I guess you want to throw him in there? Is he a shooter too? Tucker Tucker shot five threes. What was Trevor Ariza that year? What did Ariza shoot? He was not on the roster that year. 28, 2019? Or I guess he was on 2017 uh, yeah. and 22. Okay. Um, point being made, uh, Andrew, who do you who do you side with here? In terms of... The Houston Rockets <laughs> shooter-non-shooter debate. Uh, non-shooter. We love to see it. We love to see it. We love to see it. I get one win. I get one win on this podcast today. I love it. Um, Maybe you should ask us what we're looking forward to this week. <laughs> Hang on. Bob's just over the... Bob, Bob is just collectively... I'm done. I'm out. I signed off mentally five minutes ago. Well, this is going to be hard because I was going to ask you, what is your pick of the week, Bob? Uh, my pick of the week is the new freaking Matrix movie. God dang it. That looks... I don't know if anyone noticed, but the trailer for the upcoming fourth Matrix movie, uh, Matrix Resurrections, mm-hmm. which premieres on December 22nd in theaters across the nation. Um, HBO Max. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I, I'm willing to go to a movie theater to see the new Matrix movie because it looks awesome. There is kicking and Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves looking like John Wick, but doing more kicking. I'm sorry. That is it weird. I've never seen the Matrix movie. What? Oh my God! Fix that this weekend, Jesus Christ! The second, the the second and the third one, they get bogged down a little in some really bullying shit. But you need to watch the second and the third one to understand. Yeah, I'll I'll summarize it for you in an email. Just watch the first one. (laughs) The great, great, great. Like techno, like uh, cyberpunk, sci-fi movie. Like it is a great movie, and if you really want to, like you know, add a little spice to the mix, you can play a drinking game. Which is every time Keanu is confused by something, you do a shot, and you'll be hammered before the end of the second act. Mm. Correct. Okay, Andrew, you know, your pick of the week. Goes, Whoa. Uh, <laughs> uh, beginning NFL season. Um, yeah. I have thoughts on um, 9-11 in the NFL um, that I'll talk to y'all off uh, camera or off uh, off air about. Um, and, yeah, so, yeah, this weekend NFL starts, and, yeah, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Watch, watch some football. My pick of the week, The Circle is back on Netflix. You love to see it. A new season. When I'm not watching sports, I am watching 
reality television with the girlfriend like this, the sports renaissance woman, put me on this, and it's it's great. It's in an insane show, but if you've not checked it out, go check it out. It is a wild ride. Of... You, re- you and you and your special lady friend really need to watch the first Matrix movie. What am I getting time for this, Bob? NFL's back, you're, college football's back. I'm at high school games on Friday night. You're watch the first Matrix movie, like order a food that is not some kind of beige American cuisine. Ooh, Domino's. And, yeah. That's what I mean. Try to order something that is not range from brown to tan and can be and can be acquired in a diner of some kind. Mm. Okay, Bob. We can follow you on Twitter at Bob yeah, Sayeta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got I've got a, a series of, of fun blogs mm-hmm. uh, that I'll be dropping. I think starting on Sunday. Uh, but if you if you follow me on the Twitter account or, or go to the Daily Beast homepage, you should be able to find them there. I've got some profiles of some very cool athletes, um, uh, and I hope you'll give those a read. Those will be coming very soon. In fact, I have to finish one right now. Andrew, anything you would like to plug as we wrap up here today? Um, no, just uh, watch some football this weekend. Enjoy it. Also, subscribe to the Detroit Free Press if of you have course. not already. Go go support lo- local journalism up there in the great state of Michigan. Um, follow me at Chase Dumbler Thomas, and also follow Andrew at Aham Free Press. Um, you already know Bob at Bob Sayeta, and subscribe uh-huh. to the Daily Beast if you have not already subscribed. Yeah, I'm to gonna the go. Beast. I gotta go walk the dog and see if I can just sort of excise a little bit of my excess. <laughs> No, no, no. Maybe the dog will walk it out. The dog has been taking his jolly sweet time to defecate of late. Last night, I was walking around the block in Brooklyn for a freaking hour while little Hamlet here couldn't make up his freaking mind. <laughs> the dog's name is not Hamlet. No, I know you were doing a bit. That was, was familiar. Um, incredible. Bob... Thank you so much, Andrew. Thank you so much. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And if you do, leave us a five-star rating and review. Let us know what you think about Bob on this Friday episode um, at chasethomaspodcast at gmail.com. Email us there. Um, subscribe to the sportsrenaissancemand.substack.com. Go to chasethomaspodcast.com. All right. I'll talk to you guys next week. After a week away where Max Markovich and Garrett Chapman, my fellow Atlanta sports guys, decided to take, let me check my notes here, a holiday weekend vacation from the podcast, uh, people were wondering what happened. Chase was working through through the holiday, working through, charging on, doing what needs to be done, but the Atlanta sports guys, as a group, left him stranded, so it was just Rocky Top, Let's Rock, and sports reporters assembling it just we were missing the the triumphant last week and it was it was weird i i don't like not having my atlanta sports guys to talk all things atlanta sports with on uh, on fridays but they are here this week thankfully max markovich how are you doing sir i'm doing fantastic i'm i'm i've got two weeks of, of takes built up in me and, and ready to go also here garrett chapman garrett good afternoon sir how are you Oh, I'm fantastic. It's a beautiful day. I got high school football today, college football tomorrow, professional football on Sunday. Ooh, life is, is just right. It's it's a lot. And we had Bucks uh we had Bucks uh wow. Cowboys, Cowboys last Cowboys. night. Um good football game too. Great football game. Vintage Tom Brady. 
vintage Tom Brady. It doesn't look like he's going to be out of our Falcons' lives uh, anytime soon. Um, but also just that, I, like... I, that, that last drive gave me nightmares. Can I just say that? <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, it was it was wild. And also Keanu Neal and Devontae Casey and just the Falcons on that uh, Dallas Cowboys defense was interesting. But, um, well, we, we talked enough about that. Quinn. Dan Quinn. Dan Yeah. Dan Quinn. Anyway. Yeah. We don't have to get into the to the specifics of last night, but it was a great kickoff game. And I am, there's just so much football now. And with the NFL officially back, you're like, oh, my weekends and my weekdays and just like, I, there's just not enough time. Like there's so much to watch guys. Like I, the, the sports renaissance woman is not a fan already. Like I just, I'm, <laughs> I'm gone. And then uh, I'll be at Tennessee <laughs> game on Saturday and the amount of college football I have to watch, the amount of NFL I have to watch. It's just, um, I'm going to check back in, in January. Maybe February. Get to is, watch. is now a bad time to say I've already bet Pitt, Pitt minus three this week? That's messed up. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's a solid, honestly, Pitt minus three is a pretty good – that's a good number. I don't that's know. What we call the, that's what we call a Joe Milton fade. <laughs> Just all kinds of assault right out of oh, the gate man. here from Max. <laughs> I mean – All tears would have been natty. Hop on, hop on Washington, <laughs> Washington plus sevens right there for you. I mean, I, I thought about it, but, like, Jim Donovan is such a terrible offensive coordinator. Like, betting yes, on Washington, yeah. I, I can't do it. He's so bad. And Dylan Morris looked atrocious last week and losing to... I mean, that game is... The, the fact that that game is on primetime, why was that not flexed out immediately? Cade McNamara relax, versus Dylan Morris? Relax. It's Michigan. Come on. It's not... What do you mean, relax? This Michigan <laughs> team stinks. You lost Ronnie Bell whoa, for the year? Whoa, whoa, You lost... Whoa, whoa, can you explain whoa. to me when you're going to throw flames whoa, at the Tennessee Volunteers? No I want you to explain to me how Zach Charbonnet okay. got out of Ann Arbor and is now because a Heisman candidate at UCLA. How do you let that guy walk out the door? Two NFL, there are two NFL running backs that he was behind at Michigan. Mm-hmm. Michigan, who are currently at Michigan. Watch right. both of them. I'm telling you, Blake Corum is, is the next J.K. Dobbins. Oh. Don't, got, don't mind me, guys. I'm just laughing in red and black. <laughs> Why are you laughing? J.T.'s not even playing this weekend, right? <laughs> yeah, we're playing UAB. I mean, come on. <laughs> My prediction, I mean, like, I... dogs will be fine. No, they're not. Yeah, they're, that offense is broken. Who are you throwing to? You don't know what you're doing offensively. There's no identity there. He's going to run for 175 yards this weekend. No, this you're weekend. out. No, they're out. Nothing nothing matters in Alabama wins at the end. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, no, Georgia's... It's like, a long football season, my boys. No, you didn't figure it out. You had a whole offseason to figure out the Todd Monken offense. JT gets an oblique injury, happened. man. That, and then all of the wideouts were, were, were injured. I'm not worried. Yeah, they're not coming back. Garelbert's probably gone. Pickens is gone. Like, who's coming back? Don Washington? Blaylock could be coming back. I mean, no. I mean, Kyrus Jackson be fine. getting back involved? Kyrus Jackson didn't even... He returned punts. Yeah. He returned punts, but he didn't line up as a wide receiver he'll be fine he'll be coming back so we agree tennessee plus three um (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i'll be watching that game i'll be there just for you just for you chase i'll be watching that game the johnny majors classic espn plus or something okay that's (laughs) it's espn (laughs) the main channel at noon and you're gonna you know what's gonna happen max is he's gonna feel guilty about these shots because he's gonna hear rocky top and he's gonna he's gonna feel my presence and kneeling on saturday and he's just gonna be like man what an atmosphere can you imagine if samford provided something something close you have the big house in michigan doing a little bit better doing a little bit better but still (laughs) not matching rocky top and Smokey running out onto the field after a year away it's uh, it's a tradition unlike any other 
Joe the real Milton. Question is, is which which Tennessee quarterback comes in in the second quarter? Okay, Joe that's Milton's enough. That, I can't do this with you guys right now. <laughs> that's what I'm going to be watching for. Um, there was a really good piece on True Hoop by friend of the pod, been on multiple times, Coach David Thorpe, formerly of ESPN. Um, why the Hawks will win a title? Like I blacked out reading this. Like seeing this, like seeing that, and writing from people that I respect, and uh, not from like the Ben Steiners of the world. Um, it was it was wild because it makes a lot of good points here. Um, this team's young; they're getting better. The trajectory of a lot of these guys are getting better. Um, I, I I don't know if I'm there. I don't know if I'm a hundred percent there yet. And also, just self preservation. I don't want to go there yet because then it's just like my expectations are so high that it, there's no no path to them reaching my expectations because it's just so so stinking hard to win an NBA title. That like I I don't know. I've gone back and forth on this, but what he outlined in the piece, I was like, I, I see what he's talking about. The identity. I see the group, how Capella works with this group. And now like, Capella is going to be around for a while. You have a Yucca and Kong who did so much. And we've talked in nauseam about how deep this team's going to be. Then we got Timothy Luwawu Cabaret coming in there. Um, so we'll see what that what would make of that. And if that sends any signals about a certain young player's future in Atlanta. But um, what did you, what was your reaction to this piece, Max? Yeah, I think we can approach this from a few different levels. I, 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 I mean, I, I, we've we discussed ad nauseum like the Hawks' potential long term and how high it is, and that's what makes us so scared. But I think if the Hawks, like in the NBA, you can do everything right. You can build a team exactly right. You can run an organization exactly right. And there are just structural disadvantages that a team like the Hawks have that can screw you over in the end, right? Like like the Lakers can do everything wrong for a decade, get LeBron and Anthony Davis, and win a title, right? The Hawks can't do that. Um, and so we can say that the rebuild has gone pretty close to perfect um, and that the Hawks are set up about as well as they could be to eventually compete for a title and have them still never win a title because a team like the Nets comes about or, you know, a team another Lakers or, you know, insert super team here. Um, I, I didn't agree. I think we've heard, been hearing for like, seems like my whole life that Atlanta is going to become a destination that players want to play in. Um, I just don't. I, I think there's like mountains of evidence against that because in the NBA, it's like marquee free agents go to New York, they go to Miami, they go to LA, and that's pretty much it. If you're talking about guys who are like really, really like superstars who matter, um, and so I kind of reject that being the rationale. But, like, I think a lot of it was, was I, I will say, the Kevin Herter, Ray Allen comparison was a little rich for me. Um, I didn't quite get there with Kevin Herter. Uh, but I don't know. I think, I think the point is really, the big point is that the, the rebuild has gone on perfectly. And this team is set up to do whatever it wants. Um, and Travis Schlank is set up to do whatever he wants. Um, and to pick the star that he thinks is right to trade for whenever he wants. But that doesn't mean they're going to win a title because in the NBA, there are just structural things in place that disadvantage a team like the Hawks. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at. I think we can go ahead and pencil in Kevin Herter as the next Ray Allen. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't you out on paying Kevin Herter like two weeks ago? Incorrect. I was very pro Kevin Herter. I was out on paying John Collins because I was like, if I have to allocate resources, I'm allocating more resources to Herter than than even but DeAndre Hunter thing was like, and don't, John don't Collins. Pay role players and like he might not be a role saying, player. Oh, I the playoff well, Kevin Herter we'll, we'll changed the, the game. 
Playoff Herder changed the game. My perspective on Kevin Herter flipped in the playoffs. Like, flipped. Like, we saw a completely different Kevin Herter. And a healthy Kevin Herter, which is also a very important part of the Kevin Herter payment question. Garrett, you're about to reply. What do you think? I mean, I, I don't I don't agree with the sense that Atlanta is not going to be a destination because we've seen that change over the course of the, of just the past couple of years. I mean, the Golden State Warriors became a destination. Who would have thought that the Warriors were going to attract somebody like Kevin Durant? I don't know, a couple of years before Kevin Durant signed there. They kind of just, and it just sort of happened like that. Um, look, you win basketball games and people want to come join you because people want to join a winning culture in the in the Atlanta Hawks have shown that they are willing to do it the right way. I think that's what this article was really saying, is that they have put the proper pieces in place to be a successful franchise and have the blueprint to attract that superstar. Now, we may also already have that superstar. Um, I do want to see us add at least one more, uh, just because, I mean, we saw it in the playoffs this year. We, But look, this team is good enough that like you, a guy goes down, uh, somebody else is going to step up because we have that many like legitimate like players who can step up. I still do want to see like a Carl Anthony Towns or a Zion Williamson or, or, or just someone else could jump in on this. And, and but I think the Hawks have the pieces to attract that kind of player. And if Travis like wants to do that, I think the the Hawks are in perfectly good position to do that. So I kind of agree with this. Uh, yeah, are they going to win this title this year? No, probably not because uh, you still have to contend with the Brooklyn Nets. I, I don't think that they're on that level just yet, but. Can they compete for a title in a way similar to the Warriors, the way they did it in like that 2015 season? Yeah, of course they can. I, I certainly see that as a possibility. Do you think Bradley Beal is could be that player? I, I, I thought Bradley Beal was going to be that player this year. I thought the I thought the Hawks, like, I thought they were going to trade John Collins for Bradley Beal. Um, Ugh, what? I thought. Why would DC I, I do this? I thought that was like a, a possibility. Um, just because I, I don't know. No, if it's I, I if you're trading Bradley for Bradley Beal. Beal at this point, it's Reddish, Hunter, and probably. Well, yeah, those guys Collins. would be included in the package, probably. But yeah. um, if that's the package, I'm I'm in like picks. I'm cool with it personally. Yeah, but then it, but it's like you have like a Bogey Bogdanovich who is who's a good guy, but he's not a Bradley Beal. Um, but that even like makes his job like easier. That. We don't have to rely on his knee if you bring in Beal. Like if he goes back to a reserve guard, or it, like he could still start and Herder can come up bench, or like depending on the matchup, you can flip who who starts in that third guard slash forward spot. Um, I don't know. I also don't know if the Wizards would want to include cons. It really might just be a bunch of picks and then Hunter and Reddish. Like that would also not surprise me. I would think they'd want a Kongu too. Yeah, probably a Kongo. Yeah, that would hurt. I mean, that's the thing. I, these these NBA trades are so random too, because you obviously if it's Bradley Beal that's going to be included in a trade, it's almost assuredly going to be three teams involved, and then it just gets so convoluted and complicated that it's it's almost not even worth like going through because it's so complicated and there's so many potential factors involved. But I mean, those guys. But think are about it. Like we could be in a scenario where Schlink has put this group together where it's like they could have a they could retain enough. In a Bradley Beal trade to still have a closing five in the playoffs with Trey, Herder, Beal, Collins, and Capella. Like that's still a strong possibility if they were to swing that because of the depth and what he has done in drafting and signing guys. Absolutely, and that's a championship. I, that's a championship squad. Yeah, yeah. but I, I still think this comes back to the question of whether Atlanta actually has or can become like a like a destination destination, and like you. You can't really make that trade for Beal. Let's say it's Hunter, Reddish, um, you know, and a Kongwu. Let's just yeah. say that. And multiple first-round picks. 
in multiple first round picks. You can't make that trade if you don't think if you don't have reasonable belief that he will resign here. Um, and well, that has to be I part of it. Know. I mean, it's not like it's not like this is New Orleans we're talking about. I mean, it's not Oklahoma City. It, Even Oklahoma City but, got Paul George to resign. Yeah, and then he dipped a year later to go to L.A. Uh, like, I, traded him, I yeah. get it. <laughs> I well, he he asked out, but yeah, I mean, of course, I, I mean, I, they traded him because he asked for it, of course. I get it. It's just like I, I, Garrett, you're saying that that's changed and or changing, and I, I, you know, it's one thing to sign a, a Bogey Bogdanovich, um, or Danilo Gallinari, or whatever. Um, those guys aren't the kind of guys we're talking about, and I, I don't know if like there's any evidence that Atlanta actually has become that destination yet. Hmm. No, I, I, I'm just going off of my feel and the things that I'm seeing and feeling around the organization and things I hear just because it's, I mean, it, it just because, I mean, it seems like players want to come play with, with Trey Young just based off of the way he plays. It would make sense. That's all I'm saying. And then you have the, the, yeah. the atmosphere of the stadium, people, the fans are rallying around the team in a way that we, I don't think I've ever seen before. Um, and, and some of it may just be the fan in me talking. That might be what some of it is. Um, just the way that I feel about this organization and the, the the moves that they've made. And I don't know, but just my trust in Travis Schlink to do the right thing. Uh, because it's like, it's the kind of thing, like he makes a move and I'm like, all right, cool. I didn't, I didn't think about that one, but yeah, that, that's good. I, I agree. Let's go. <laughs> it's yep. like, Schlink's definitely got his eye on All-Stars, though. Like, this is an important anecdote that he, uh, I think he told Sarah Spencer of the AJC. Great Hawks coverage. Um, Also friend of the pod. But um, I think in that, in the piece by by Thorpe, he says, um, when you look at the depth of our roster and the young talent that we have, we don't have draft assets like we have in the past anymore. But we now have guys under contract that you could match some of the bigger salaries. I think that last year kind of put us back on the NBA map as far as a destination. Those who want to get traded, they want to go somewhere they think they can win. And I think now that perception of us is out there because we do have a young core that did show uh, some stuff in the playoffs. So the hope would be when a star player does ask to be traded, we'll be one of the destinations he'll be open to coming to. What this tells me is A, Cam and DeAndre Hunter should be renting. B, um... (laughs) So many young guys that Hawks fans are excited about. Uh, don't be excited. There's a reason Capella got extended. There's a reason they just paid Collins. There's a reason that Herder is still uh, a wait and see. It, it, it's done. Like They wanted to lock up Trey, obviously. They locked up Collins. They locked up Capella. And then everything else is on the table. I This screams Schlink is going to... He's not just going to keep building with this core. Like, I, I there's just yeah. nothing about this quote that tells me Schlink is going to play it safe for five years. And I, I, think also, he knows, I think he knows who he wants on this team. And mm-hmm. he extends these other guys so that he knows... I mean, they're assets completely. I mean, I had... I well, I think he really, really wants Capella, Trey, and Collins. Like, I think that is clear. He wants those three. I don't know. I don't know about Collins. Um... But I don't know about either of that, too big. Men. We've had that discussion. Well, I think Capella, because of I like them both. No, I, I mean, look, I, I like them both. Clear. I like them both. But the, the, no, as far but as like I, matching money, the, I think, yeah, I think big, big picture, this is really revealing of, of Schlank's entire plan here, which is like we talked about the free agency spending um, a lot and like going and, and, you know, maybe paying over market for Gallinari and Bogdanovich last, um, last offseason. And I don't think there was enough talk about the fact that those are the exact salaries he's talking about with matching salaries in trades. And so when you pair those salaries with the young guys, like that is the recipe for a trade. And I, and I also think him talking about the lack of, you know, the draft capital is no longer draft capital. It's young guys. 
well, that puts a time timeline on a trade, right? Because those young guys are only young on rookie deals for so long, right? And so I think that that, that quote was, I agree, Chase, like really revealing of both his approach here, um, the, the, the certainty that he will make a trade like this at some point, and also the time frame. Like this is not going to be five years down the road. It's probably going to be in the next two to three. Mm-hmm. Maybe even next year because of yeah, how much success they just had. Um, it might have sped up the timeline. Um, but it seems like he's preparing for, for any type of scenario. Um, well, let's talk about my favorite TV show of the, the past year, Titletown High let's go. on Netflix. <laughs> Garrett has not gotten to it yet, so Garrett will jump in and out of this one based on what he knows about Probst. Um, Rush Probst is um, a marvel. And uh, I, I just, this whole show, the the sports renaissance one was gonna be like he didn't just say that right what what is happening like just the the confusion and also the confusion at how much i was delighted by every interaction he had with this team quarterback coming up to him what's up you sucked okay uh sorry coach yeah you should be (laughs) um saying nothing nothing every pregame and postgame just all kinds of stuff y'all aren't title contenders i don't know what to tell you like all of it is amazing like this whole show I, I just i was a big two days guy i love friday Night lights this is this is my jam max you have a lot of thoughts like where do we start yeah. with this with this eight There's part doc 27 places we could start, <laughs> but i want to start i want to start with the okay so let's picture this netflix comes to rush probes and says we want to do this following your program he says great but you can't talk about anything in my past how does Netflix not be like, well, maybe we probably shouldn't do that. Right. Um, like it's, it's just looming there. And like, if you've, if you've read about him and if you've read the stories that we have, and if you know about his past, it's like, how are they not even like addressing that? He talks about how, like with the Gar- with the Jake Garcia stuff, he talks about how like, you know, GHSA or whatever is out to get him because yes. of stuff in the past. And it's like, nothing's called on it, it. It's like, first of all, that's outrageous. Second of all, um, how do, like, we have to know that like we have, it's like so it clearly hinted and then they like bring um the quarterback and a couple players over for dinner for one of those like candid like mm-hmm. coach player dinner scenes and it's like what like what family is this like <laughs> who, who are these people like we got like it's just like oh one big happy family like that is, is rush probes a family man like what, what's going on here and i like the whole time i'm just like are they ever just gonna get into this or just never gonna address it no, this is a PR documentary. This was not a documentary. Like this is a documentary was very loose, loosely tied to this. Um, I didn't realize that Jake Garcia stuff. I'm surprised they allowed that stuff to be public of just being like with the dad just embarrassed about talking to ESPN and rush, like railing into the dad about it. Like we're not going to talk to ESPN anymore. Right? Like that. Oh my goodness. Cause that's essentially what got uh, Jake Garcia ruled ineligible but then like we don't talk more about like him just going to grayson and everything involved there and then um the coach telling like the coach the mom being in the room with amari and just being like yeah the girl's gotta go like break up with the girl this is a high school kid you can't just tell this kid to end a relationship and like that was mom's just like yeah he's right like break up with her like distractions (laughs) it's like what (laughs) i couldn't even watch it i was like like how is rush Pro- like imagine being exactly this is guy. the other part of it and i explained to my girlfriend i was like the, the irony of this man giving relationship advice and just the inappropriate like what 
And it's like, okay, you're a, you're a 16 year old guy. You're, mm-hmm. you're the starting quarterback of this high school team. You probably know a little bit about your coach's past, and you're sitting in this room with the coach, your mom, and he's saying you suck right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the girlfriend's fault. And it, either you break up with her, or you're not the quarterback anymore. And it's Rush Probst of all people telling mm-hmm. you this, and the mom's just nodding. Like I would, I would lose my mind. I would, I would <laughs> away and like <laughs> I would just leave. It it was ridiculous like every, uh, the <laughs> do you know what i also loved um this is the most high school love storyline i've ever seen maybe more middle school it reminded me of the middle school situation more than anything this man what is his name and the linebacker Gra- are we talking about grayson oh we're talking about grayson so oh my god the sports renaissance woman and i were dying whenever they would pan to him because we were we knew immediately these girls didn't understand i was like this man just wants a ride to school he was like weighing whether or not to keep seeing his girlfriend because he was like, ah, you want me to ride the bus? I, I, I don't think so. I think I'm going to keep getting a ride from my other friend. And then wait, he, wait, 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 wait. Mm. Th- no, that's he's not doing it just for a ride to school. No, he was like 100 no. percent. That dude was 100 percent like I have. You saw it in his eyes. He was like, I do not want to ride the bus. I'm not a ride the bus guy. And this girl, my other girlfriend, basically, is like, no, I'll just give you a ride to school every day. And his current girlfriend is like, no, I don't want her giving you a ride to school anymore. And he's like, mm. and she's like, it's either the ride to school or me. And he's like, I'm going to take the ride to school, <laughs> which no, heartbreaking. I think, I think he just wanted I think he just wanted the attention from both. Like he wanted to be wanted by both of them, mm. which, by the way, like I, I, I hate to rail on like 16 year old kids. But on, Max is about know, to do it or whatever. That guy is ridiculous, like absolutely ridiculous, like has no idea how to speak at all, like, <laughs> how to express his feelings in any way. Like he's, he's a ridiculous character. I felt really old, like the way kids talk. Is this yes. how kids talk now? Is this a thing? I, I don't know. Ask, ask Garrett. Garrett, how do kids <laughs> talk? <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? Max, how old are you? Garrett hasn't even seen the show. We're the same age, Garrett. Um, yeah, I figured. I was like, dude, what? <laughs> no, Garrett. Garrett teased some uh, some rush probes insight, and I want to oh, kind of yeah. circle back to that. Yeah, of course. No, so obviously, so like after this happened, so after like all of the taping went off, he got fired. Obviously, um, I mean, shout out to Nub Nelson, who just openly was just like, "Yeah, I'll do a doc. I'll talk about it." He wasn't good for us. Sure, he says it's now it was quote unquote taken out of context, whatever that means. But mm-hmm. um, all of his conversations there, but. No, I mean it was. It's it's more. It's not as much insight as it is just like I'm a question that was raised. Um, so, do you see him taking another job in the state of Georgia? No. See, I I disagree. I don't see why not. I don't know why he would. No, it's not him. He might not have a choice. Like I'm sure he would want one more. I don't think he's going to get another offer. So I don't know. Oh, I don't that, know. I think, uh, isn't I he know. back in Alabama? The also, talks, if you set parameters, if you set like legitimate parameters around what he can and can't do, okay. If you're like, a, I feel a like other programs have done this. Atlanta, like a Metro Atlanta private school. Oh, setting I'm parameters, not, no, rush no, probes. No. There's oh, no parameters. God, yeah. Are you kidding? Oh my no, god, yeah. No. no, a private school can pay him a little bit more money. No, he is breaking those more. parameters. Is what I'm saying. You can say we're going to have these rules. <laughs> I don't think that's how this works with this 63 year old long time winning as coach it's not happening you're telling me you're telling me love it is gonna be like no 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 no, not love it not love it not love it no okay like throw a name woodward you think woodward is gonna there's no way the parents would not allow it yeah oh yeah 
it would I, take I one would. Google search, and these these parents are going to be like, "What? The, like, of course not. Like, no, no way." Dude, well, he he sends his kids to college. He gets them. And, I mean, dude, I, he wins games. Winning games. They dog, went to the quarterfinal know? last in this doc or semifinal. Like Cherokee County School. No, uh, I don't think he's getting school. another job. There are. I, I think he. I, I mean, winning talks, and I think he's always had this sort of fascination with. The quarterback had to transfer because of and per, like the this show ends with the quarterback not even being like his two quarterbacks on this dock both were rolled ineligible by the state of Georgia. One at the beginning of the season, Jake Garcia, one at the end, Amari Brown. That's why he played at Florida this year. He had was it to move. Just a, it was a recruiting thing. It was a but I got to be careful with this. Um where where's the <laughs> uh, how do I explain this one? Oh, here we go. So this is from Looper.com on this. So he... Okay. Uh, Where is it? I saw it. Where is it? Oh, yeah. So as the dip reports, following the investigation into probes, Amari Jones was deemed ineligible to play in any GHSA sport for a year and subsequently transferred to Bradford High in Florida. But he's got a lot of offers. Wait, so what was it for? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That might be an off-air conversation. <laughs> I see. <laughs> that might be an off-air conversation. I'll get the I'll get the insight. Mm-hmm. And this is uh, yeah. Just to be careful here, I don't want to besmirch anybody or talk out of out of line here and without having all the facts. So I'd rather be careful. But also, yeah. Nub Nelson, incredible. Like every school, high school in the South has a Nub Nelson. Like I sat behind him last week at the Oak Ridge Clinton game. Where this man had a Oak Ridge QB club hat, and I was like, immediate. I love this man. I love it. He's proud. He donates. He d- spends his time. He lives and dies by Wildcat football. I'm here for it. Did I send y'all the video of this man just yelling at these 16 year old kids? Y'all are awful. Like, at the <laughs> loudest decimal he had. And he was just all about it, like yelling at kids. You love it when a parent with no kids in the team are yelling at your kids like it's a great great atmosphere it's really good really healthful he has a really healthy relationship with with high school football and i love that nub nelson was just like he just didn't work and he didn't want to meet with the touchdown club and they were and he, but i love that like rush probes is objectively hilarious like he is objectively hilarious in this show where he's like no and then he's like GHS, ghsa out to get me classic out to get me stuff and then everything he does where like the quarterback feels bad and he's like yeah you sucked like just very matter of fact um y'all aren't title contenders and he he, he dissociates himself dissociates himself from like the quality of play yes like the whole the whole time he's like he's like i've won you know five state titles like I've y'all are bringing me down teams all over like i've had to rebuild shitty programs and like this is the <laughs> shittiest of all of them like, <laughs> But like I'm gonna do it anyway because I'm a god. And it's like what? Like, like, dude, you are coaching this team. You're saying, like one episode he'll be like, you guys have the most talent in the state, and yes. then the next episode he'll be like, this is the worst football team. <laughs> <laughs> it's whatever they need to hear at any given time, you know. <laughs> like we're not gonna I win guess, state if Amari man. keeps this girlfriend. Like it's just it's not happening. I would hate. I would hate to play for him. Absolutely hate it. I just that Austin program though is so good. Are they good this year? How are they doing? Parvey lost in North last weekend. Didn't like that. North Gwinnett brought out a real bulldog. They have a real mascot now. I'm waiting on you, Parvey. Get that panther. Whatever I got to do. Get a panther <laughs> on campus. Bring out an actual lion. Mm. Is that what love it is? Cool. Are they the lions? Maybe. Wait, what is Padea? Mm-hmm. Padea? Pythons. 
Are they really what? the pythons? Gotta, yes, I had sir. to go for the. We, we both going for the alliteration, you know. The pythons. Does Padilla have so football? Weird about that. Nah, actually, I don't know of any team with a python. As I, I really don't no, know of anybody no with a python. No, no football. Really? All soccer. Soccer, you soccer school. Yeah, I soccer school. Yeah. Do you have baseball? Yeah, baseball. Okay. No football though. What's the reason reason behind it? Man, this is a whole. This is oh, a that's whole a whole different conversation thing. Okay. that we don't need to have. <laughs> interesting um this happened a couple weeks ago and i thought it was interesting to touch on uh julio jones and arthur blank so arthur spoke to uh the athletics jeff schultz about the julio departure and guess what guys falcon for life not being used anymore after julio jones garrett what do you make of this piece Uh, it's disappointing i mean it's it's exactly what it felt like the whole time and it was the exact truth i think we talked about this like when we first caught wind of it back in like february march um, I mean, you kind of felt it coming. And the more I actually learn about this whole Julio debacle, the less, the more it's like, all right, I'm glad this is over. Um, the, the conversations that, that were being had with him where it's like Arthur blank, like really, really cared about Julio Jones. He really, really did. And the fact that Julio really considered that he got slighted somehow um, is just sort of, I don't know, it, it, it's kind of irritating to me. It, it kind of pisses me off a bit. I, I, I don't know why it, it does as much as it does, but um, the Falcon for life, I mean, Arthur Blank put himself in a bad position when he announced that publicly, that he wanted to, he wanted to make him a Falcon for life. Um, and then turns around and doesn't give him a contract, um, but then promises him one and then makes him the highest paid receiver in football. And then all of a sudden Julio Jones feels slighted doesn't make any sense to me it's just the whole situation was just sort of screwed up and i don't think it was handled the right way i I don't know if that's dimitrov's handling of the of the the cap situation or the public comments of of arthur blank or really just julio jones kind of acting like a prima donna um and actually truthfully it's probably just a combination of all three things but it was just it's just an irritating thing that i'm glad is over max what do you think yeah, I think um, my my sort of big picture takeaway is that Arthur Blank's um, biggest strength as an owner is also probably his biggest weakness. Like he he develops really close knit relationships with his players and coaches, um, and in the past that's that's come to bite him um, most notably with Michael Vick. Um, but I, I think that's sort of important context there. But it's also like. You know, he was really close to Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov and probably let them go a year or two longer than than he should have. Um, And I think part of this interview and and, um, Jeff Schultz has really been on this for a few years um, in a way that I think has been really insightful. Part of this interview is is I think Arthur admitting that that approach um, like isn't always the right one And, and and understanding that like declaring Julio Jones a Falcon for life is really idealistic um and not how the nfl works and 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 i love that he used grady jarrett as, as an example right because if we talked right now there's there's no reason grady jarrett should ever not be a falcon um but things happen in the nfl and like it is a business and if he's going to like truly hand over the reins to terry fondo and arthur smith to guide this how they see it um he needs to be sort of <sighs> not not colder about it but but less attached and and i really did get the sense that he was really heavily involved in the julio extension stuff in a way that 
um, probably pushed that over the finish line. Um, because even at the time, and Jeff Schultz wrote about this a lot at that time, those those that, those demands were ridiculous. Like, like what was he like two years into a to a huge deal? Like with three years left, I might be getting those mm-hmm. wrong. No, he had three but years it, left. It was unprecedented that he was like, no, I'm just I'm just going to hold out and I need a new contract and you're disrespecting me. And they didn't want to make that a whole public like issue. And so I think Arthur Blank said, pay him. Um, and, and I think I, I don't know. Their hands were kind of tied there because they didn't want to like make that make it a whole standoff. Um, but it led to this it ultimately led to the situation that they were in this offseason where they had to trade him. And so I agree. I'm, I'm glad it's over. I'm glad that's not a cloud hanging over the first year of, of this new regime. And I think the interview was really insightful into maybe how Arthur Blank is, is changing a little bit as an owner. And actually, one one big thing that you, you mentioned, it was like the Falcon for Life thing. It's like it's just not how the NFL works. It's really not. I mean, even some of the very best players in NFL history. I mean, if you go back, like look at Brett Favre, Joe Montana, Tom Brady – like those are those guys played the quarterback position, that, that much less much less a, a, a skill position player who they're more likely to be Terrell Owens who moves around and, and jumps and, and moves as much as he can. I mean, I mean, it's true. It, Randy Moss sure did like, it. I it mean, sure seems like Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's not going to be a Falcon for life, and who would have thought that? Wait, are we sure? No, no, no I don't want. I don't want to get into that. But I, I don't. But I was going to say I don't know about that. It's actually. possible. I mean, it, it's certainly possible because I think Matt Ryan's going to want to continue playing, and then it's just like, but mm-hmm. that's how the NFL works because it's like it, you have money situations. You have, um, I mean, we're talking about like a, a, a crap load of money, <laughs> a crap load of money, and if, if if that if those goals don't line up, like if if the Atlanta Falcons, I, I firmly convinced that the the Atlanta Falcons are not rebuilding. Because the, the Atlanta well, Falcons, that's, they've been clear about it. They said they're retooling, not rebuilding. They're retooling because as long as you have a forty-five hundred yard passer, uh, your franchise guy who you've attached your fran- your franchise to, as long as he's still a part of this team, you're not rebuilding. Period. Um, uh, you're just retooling. That's what they say. But it's like it's it's that's all uh, uh, wordplay. But it's like at the end of the day, it's like this is the NFL. Like, like look, people move on. People change teams. This is a business. Money talks. Mm-hmm. Um, and Julio Jones was ready to move on. He was ready to change teams. And, and look, it, it upsets Falcons fans, and, and I am still a little upset of it, about it, just as a fan. Um, but as Blank was who, clearly hurt by it, and very, oh, and he's very he was clearly it. hurt, and clearly doesn't get it. Still, like I think Blank is still like at a complete loss for why Julio Jones is actually mad at the organization. I, I'm, I'm completely lost of why, but it's like, but you, we had yeah. uh, callers call in uh, when after all of this happened, and people were still talking about it, and you could hear the hurt in so many fans' voices when mm-hmm. when he got traded. It was it was a big thing. Well, because I mean, on paper, like, where was he wronged here? Like, where was Julio Jones wronged? He's been surrounded by um, a stable quarterback, stable offense, offensive situation with as many targets as he's wanted. He's been able to practice as little as he's wanted. He got the ridiculous extension that he asked for. He was paid the highest as the highest receiver in the league, the highest paid receiver in the league. Um, and was one of the most productive players in the NFL when he wanted to play. Like, I don't get where he feels he was wronged. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe, maybe it's just the type of thing where he was, he was with the franchise for, 10 years or whatever he wanted to you know try something else and so he was looking for a reason to to look out look to ask out but from arthur blank's perspective i get it like where where was julio jones wronged also what do you get in tennessee that you don't get in atlanta 
that, that's less something traffic. that also doesn't make sense to me. Wow, come on. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I, guess, I, don't know. I guess. But it's like... You, well, you, you're getting to play right? with A.J. Brown. You're competing for a Super Bowl. Like, you went to a win-now team. Calvin, Calvin Ridley on. is every Calvin Ridley's player, player A.J. Brown, Brown is. I don't Ryan, think so. A.J. Brown might Ryan's be, like, the second best. Ryan Tannehill. We just got their offensive coordinator, who's now mm-hmm. their, the head coach of the Falcons. Uh, I think he just wanted out. I think he just wanted to do something too. else. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Doesn't make he, sense. He didn't, he didn't have to make make as big a deal of it to a franchise that really did right by him for a really long time. I, no, I genuinely believe that they wanted to keep Julio Jones forever. And if Julio had been like, what, here's what I want to stay here forever. I think blank would have been like, all right, let's get it done. And I don't think there was but ever going to be anything that got but him it, to But that it was point. also clear that there's a detail in that story that Arthur Smith knew this situation when he took the job. Mm-hmm. So this is a, this, this is the kind of thing that's been, um, if not, inevitable uh certainly on the front burner for longer than the public realizes so i i think i think it was quite clear when this new regime took over that julio jones would not be playing week one for the falcons and and i don't think we the fans knew that then i i I get the feeling that arthur smith kind of pushed it too based off of his comments the things he said and then he goes to tennessee practice yeah that was yeah i think arthur smith because he's like i don't want somebody who doesn't want to be here as as a part of this team period but that's also it makes sense i agree agree with that but then it's like but then he goes to tennessee almost immediately after arthur smith is is hired and it's like "Mm, i kind of feel like arthur smith picked up the phone and said hey we can let's get a deal done here like like, for terry fontenot like I, i just have a feeling they leverage some of that it just made too much sense. It made, it's just too convenient. I don't know why, but it's just – I just have a feeling that Arthur Smith really pushed for that because he just wanted to get it over with and just get him out of here because it wasn't really a lucrative haul for, for Julio Jones. Mm. I, I actually – the more I think about it, I actually think it was a, a fairly decent haul. Um, just sort of like the optics of trading the, you know, the greatest receiver in the franchise history for a second-round pick, second and a fourth or whatever it was, um, isn't great. But like – and, and this is another thing. Jeff Schultz has been writing about this for for a couple of years now. That like Julio might be closer to retirement than any of us realize. Um, yeah. Just because his body can't. It, I don't know how much longer his body can withstand this. Um, and and he, I think Jeff Schultz reported actually last year that Julio had considered retirement. And maybe that was discontent with the Falcons. But I, to get a second round pick, like second round picks are valuable. And and for an aging, expensive receiver. Um, is is really not bad business. I don't know. I'll definitely be watching the Titans though on mm, Sunday. Oh yeah. Um. Last thing, guys. Uh, Austin Riley. Do we want to do? Actually, there's last two things quickly. Oh, Austin Riley. Um. There's a really good piece uh, by Keith Law, um, really great MLB writer about how he became the Braves' most valuable player this season. Uh, it turns out he just took uh, the bad pitches out of his his uh i guess meal variety at the plate and was like i'm not swinging at those anymore and then i'm gonna crush the ones that i can hit and uh, now he's an mvp candidate and is looking like the real deal i I really love this piece kendall sheffield no longer part of the falcons plans uh that's brutal blow for max markovich on this podcast and uh falcons eagles sunday the falcons actually have a football game they open up jalen hurts at home um, Max, how do you see Falcons Eagles going? I don't know. I I like. I've been so. Um, this is the least excited I've been for a Falcon season in a long time, and I, and I've tried to get excited 
about it. Um, I'm really excited to watch Kyle Pitts play. Like, that's number one. Like, that is getting me excited. But I think it's the kind of thing where, like, we're going to know. Like, if they lose week one at home to the Eagles, like, we know what the deal is here. Yes. Um, and I think that's that's clarifying because if, if, they, if they beat the Eagles, which I think they, they should. They should um, beat the Eagles, on, yeah. On I agree. Paper, then this, this schedule early sets up fairly well. Um, and so, like, I really – I want them to win because I want to be like interested going forward and not, you know, sort of mentally check out. Um, but you know, I don't, I don't think this team is is a playoff contender. I'm not real optimistic. Um, but I, I do think this week one will be clarifying one way or the other because if they don't win this game, I think we kind of we kind of see the writing on the wall. Garrett, what do you think? Uh, I, I see this kind of as a toss up, just because we have two new head coaches, both coaching in their first ever game and i think that's it's you really don't know what to expect from a coaching perspective um from a talent perspective it really comes down to whether or not the falcons offensive line can generate any sort of push anything and if they can win every now and then like enough then I think the Falcons can win this football game because I think the I mean these the talent as far as the talent is concerned I think it's the, I think the Eagles are maybe a little bit more talented but I, mm. I think eh, mm. I don't push I mean it, it, I, don't, I don't know I, it's it's a fifty fifty shot for me um, I'm hoping to go to this game I, I actually really do want to go to this oh game, he's but, oh Max here we go he's like I hope I can find some man. tickets I, and I, then I we're gonna see to photos of him on the sideline or in the front row of the fifty. Row. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. But you know, it's it's um I, I honestly see this as kind of a toss up game. Um Jalen Hurts is Jalen Hurts is one of those quarterbacks that like I don't know what he's gonna do. Falcons Falcons defenses of old would get absolutely torched by Jalen Hurts and then all of the national pundits would be like, Oh man, maybe Jalen Hurts made the leap and then he'd go play a real defense and it's like, Oh no, he's he's exactly what we thought he was. That see, was but that's Falcons. No, but this is I, – I, I firmly believe – I firmly, firmly believe that this is a different Falcons defense. I don't think that this is the Dan Quinn defense that got – what we saw last uh, last night with what the Bucks did to him. Now, the Bucks obviously are very good good offense. I mean, it's Tom Brady, my God. But still, Dan Quinn, he has his deficiencies as a coordinator. And I think Dean Pease is just a better defensive coordinator. Um, I think Dean Pease is going to have this Falcons defense – he's going to elevate this this group. I don't think that – Jalen Hurts is going to absolutely shred this Falcons defense in that way. So I'm looking at maybe I'm going to go Falcons 24, 20, something like that. Mm. I'm going Falcons 38 Eagles 21. Whoa. This Eagles defense stinks. And if this Falcons team is not able to score a lot, on this group um i'm gonna be very concerned i i'm very excited to see what mike davis looks like i think this could be a big mike davis game and um we're gonna see calvin ridley uh roast this this eagle secondary my guess this i think this is gonna be high scoring chase is a big believer in Jalen mayfield uh i didn't say that i did not if the, if the falcons win by 17, points. if the falcons win by 17 i will be i'll make a complete 180 and just be overly optimistic next mm. okay, i guarantee guarantee that Oh, how about this? If the Falcons win by 17, Max has to come on this podcast. Actually, no. If Tennessee beats Pitt on Saturday, as they will, I would like a three and a half minute monologue explaining why Joe Milton is the next Cam Newton at Tennessee from, from Max Markovich. Okay, but what if what if Tennessee wins and Joe Milton still gets benched? 
Like, how does that play out? It's part of his hero arc. <laughs> the night is dark. It's just I'll, before the dawn. I'll give you a three and a half minute, three and a half minute apology <laughs> to Joe Milton on this podcast. Oh. The Tennessee beats Pitt. I don't know if you. Jace, what are you not. more confident in? Are you mm-hmm. more confident in the Falcons winning by seventeen or Tennessee covering? The Falcons winning by seventeen. All right, okay. Tion Evans isn't playing tomorrow. That's a huge problem. Like, baby Kamara is out, um, it looks like, for for the Vols. And Heupel is 1-1 one one against Narduzzi. And I don't know. I, I could just see this being a bad matchup. Kenny Pickett's been there forever. I, I don't know. Um, Narduzzi, he's always going to have that defense ready to go. I know. I just don't, I, Milton if, against if, that if, defense if, scares some... me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Max, we can find you on Twitter at – oh, wait. What's your score prediction? I was thinking 35-31 Falcons. Okay. Damn, I'm going I think, low scoring. I think, I think it's in the 30s. I don't. I don't yeah, we think. should never bet on a low-scoring game in the NFL anymore. Like, it's just, no. it's so hard. No. Dak threw the ball like 50 times last night. And it yeah, didn't even feel like I, a lot. I think a big Mike Davis game is a good call, though. Max Markovich, we can find you on Twitter. At Max underscore Markovich, we can follow Garrett at GChapATL. Uh, listen to 99 The Game. If you are a local Atlanta resident, even if you're not, you want to keep up with the good folks over there, like Garrett Chapman. Uh, we're the Atlanta Sports Guys. We do this podcast every single Friday on the Chase Homes Podcast feed. So if you like listening to us talk all things Atlanta and Valdosta, shout out to the Wildcats and the Rush Preps experience. Uh, leave us a rating and a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, but subscribe to this feed on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your show. Um, go to chasehomespodcast.com. Max, Garrett, you guys have yourself a great weekend i will talk to you guys next week thanks all right rocky top let's rock we have another tennessee football game playing at neyland stadium this weekend one of three in a row joe milton and the tennessee volunteers rocking the full orange look in honor of johnny majors the late tennessee and pitt Head coach, I'm joined, as I am every single Friday on this very feed, by Rocky Top Insiders, Ryan Shumpert. Ryan, good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. Excited to be on here and excited to talk about what should be a a pretty good game on Saturday. Also here, Ethan Stone of the UTK Daily Beacon. Ethan, good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm great. Ready for a uh, full weekend of football, especially Tennessee football. Absolutely. And Ryan, did you know this? Ethan and I, we watched a football game together last week. We met in person. Did you? No, I hadn't heard about this. The Clinton. What a... Oh, that's, I did see that. I did see y'all's text, yeah. Because you were planning on going somewhere else, weren't you, Chase? And then you ended up going to that game? Yes. You are so, going to Farragut, weren't you? Yeah, right? I was going to go to Farragut, Maryville. And then last minute I was like, ah, just because the girlfriend didn't want to go. So I was like, I don't really want to drive all the way over to Farragut and go through that mess yeah. so i'm actually going to farragut tonight because we got farragut oak ridge tonight uh, so i will be there for that i don't know if either of you guys will be there for that um a rivalry unlike any other a lot of people are wondering about tennessee pittsburgh but what the listeners really want to know is how's that high school football <laughs> looking in uh oak ridge and farragut it's a big one it is a big one um but no, it was fun. Clinton's Clinton's an experience. I will say that Clinton is an experience, and yeah, that was yeah, that was definitely a lot of fun. The 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 first half was great. The second half, not so much. But the atmosphere was there for sure. Oh, Ethan and I loved our QB club uh, guy in front of us. Yeah, 
incredible. <laughs> you guys are awful. I'll never forget that. Um, fun times. A lot of healthy relationships we have with with adults and high school football players. Um, Ryan, when you look at this game, when you look at the plus three for the balls at home, home dogs to the Pittsburgh Panthers, Pat Narduzzi. Heupel is one and one all time against Pat Narduzzi. Two completely different styles, two completely different ways of going about their business on Saturdays. Um, we get the return of Jimmy Calloway versus Pitt. What do you what do you make of this game and Calloway's emergence and who how do you see the wide receiver roles shifting a little bit this week? Yeah, I'm really intrigued by how Tennessee uses Callaway on Saturday, just how many snaps you get. I mean, everything we talked about it last week on here, Tennessee really only played four guys, and even Bayless Jones didn't get a ton of snaps. So, you know, I'm going to be interested to see if it's that kind of that same way with the three starters getting the bulk of the stuff and then just, you know, a decent amount of snaps for, for Jones and Callaway. But I wouldn't be surprised at all if you see kind of all five of those guys get pretty equal snaps. And Bayless coming back from injury, obviously Callaway now just getting back from injury. Uh, having a little bit bigger role and just in the matchup overall and I think it's Pitt's you know impressed me the research I've done on him their offense has a ton back obviously Kenny Pickett Josh Heifel joked that he couldn't believe that he was you know still on the team as, as he started both those games back in 2018 and 2019 and then six of their top seven receivers returned from last year four redshirt seniors starting along the offensive line so it's a group that has a ton back from last year and a lot of experience I still think there's questions. I mean, they, they were solid on offense last year, but they weren't great by any means. So just how much of a jump can this offense make from uh, last year to this year? Obviously, the UMass game doesn't tell us a whole lot. And then a defense that despite having five guys drafted in the NFL draft last year, that, that's something that snuck up on me. They had more players drafted than Clemson, most in the ACC last year with six guys in total, five of them on defense. But the defense still has a lot of talent, and there's still a lot of confidence about what that front four can do. And uh, if they make Joe Milton's life uncomfortable on Saturday, it's going to be a, a very tough game for Tennessee. Ethan, what do you think? I think Callaway, like, I'm probably going to echo Ryan here. I think he'll just add another receiver that, that they'll be able to, to go to. Um, I'm not expecting him to have too much of a huge, um, I guess, part in this game. I think it's mostly going to be pretty similar to what we saw last week. Um, the running game will probably be pretty important in this one as well, just because, kind of like Ryan said, the pass their pass thrust is legitimate, and um, you know you got linebacker like uh, John Peterson, and just the entire front seven is is pretty nasty in general. So they'll be getting after Milton a lot. I think there's going to be a lot of runs in this game. I don't think receivers are going to be too much of a factor. Uh, that's just me, but. Uh, ultimately, Callaway being back is obviously a good thing. It, it can only help Tennessee to have more healthy receivers and more guys out there that can make plays. Absolutely. Um, well, let's talk about the running game because now we have some questions. Baby Kamara doesn't look like he's playing. Is he officially rolled out yet? What is the latest on Tion, Ryan? No, nothing official. Heifel uh, just kind of said we're not going to – any of those guys that are questionable basically said you're not going to hear about him until game day. But I don't think there's a whole lot of optimism around Evans playing. So who who is out? Who do we know that's – like the questionable guys, who of importance is probably not – do we know about Byron Young yet? 
Yeah, no, don't. Byron Young's the other one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would be surprised if he, if he plays, though I do think this is going to be his last game he has to serve. I think he'll be good after that. And then Cooper Mays is the third one questionable after his injury last week. I think the chances of him playing are definitely better than both Evans and Young, but those three are really the main guys that are questionable and we still have another status going into Saturday. Who are you most concerned about? Like, what what does Tennessee's offense look like if it's the Jabari Small show and we don't have any Tian Evans? Do we get more Joe Milton design runs? Are you concerned about that with this pit defense that you actually don't want to put Milton in that situation a bunch more? Like, how do you see that working in the run game? Really, I see more so just Jalen Wright getting more snaps and probably instead of just going too deep, which I think Tennessee will do a lot this year and most games when they have Evans ball maybe go three deep maybe see a guy like marcus pierce who got some snaps last week or uh linif whitehead deep back with one of those guys get a few snaps just and also combined with jabari small just getting a little bit more run i'd I'd be surprised if you see more joe milton run uh one just because i think pittsburgh is going to be a lot harder for him to run against than bowling green was and then two i I don't think they're going to try to look to go more in that direction just because evans potentially being out Mm. even what do you think I think there's a strong chance that the game plan will be very similar to that of last week's and that's you know a lot of tight passes a lot of slants stuff like that just within 20 yards um if that doesn't get to working that's where my prior point of the the running game really being important kind of comes to fruition i think small is going to have to um i guess carry that workload with evans not being there or most likely not being there um jalen wright obviously a pretty big contributor in that point he's going to have to step up also because i think in the second half the vols are going to be seeing a lot of um a lot of running hopefully just tiring out the defense tiring out the line that obviously is very good but i just don't think there's going to be much of a choice i think milton's going to be running for his life um obviously cooper mays plays a big role in that if he's healthy even if he's not healthy i mean even if he is healthy he won't be 100 percent. so you just never know who's going to be playing that center position um but i i i I'll hammer home this point. I think Milton's going to be running for his life back there. I I'm not don't sure like that the same luxury that he did. <laughs> I yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure he's going to get the same luxury he did against uh, Bowling Green. But you just never know. It's uh, well, I've always called Pittsburgh the Bowling Green of the Northeast. Um, I just <laughs> I, are we sure that Joe Milton's going to finish this game? Like I am so concerned about where we're at uh, with this group, and it looks like Harrison Bailey is actually QB three. Uh, based on what we saw last week in reports that depending on who you talk to um ryan would you would what would you say chances that joe milton takes every snap under center on saturday what would you say would you bet on it you want to feel like a, a, a yeah percentage yeah, what is I the percentage i would say i would put it in the 70 70 oh, nice. uh, oh, i, I no. think he'll take every snap okay i think hypo is going to stand by him pretty firmly through this game unless he's really really bad now if he just plays normally bad i think they're going to roll with him basically throughout the game maybe if they get down big that changes i i think where you may and i think i said this last week i think where you may see the uncertainty come in in the quarterback battle is after this week milton plays bad this week moving forward uh i think hype may try to whether it's make a change at least be more prepared to make a change i, I don't think he wants to do that at all in, in game saturday ethan what do you think yeah, I'll add to that. I I think he's going to be rolling with Milton pretty much the entire time. Not nec- I mean, unless he goes out there and throws three consecutive interceptions on on the on the first couple of drives, I think it's going to be mostly Milton. 
Um, Pitt's secondary is not up to the, I guess, uh, level the defensive line is. I mean, they're good, they're decent, but they had some legitimate trouble against like a very bottom tier UMass team last week. So I, I think it's mostly going to be Milton, no, no matter really what he does. I mean, even if he throws a few picks, I think he's going to try and roll with him heading into SEC play at the very least. Ethan, the matchup that you're most interested in watching in this game is what? Uh, I'd say John Petterson, or however you say his name, I believe it's Petterson, versus the entire offensive line, <laughs> or Joe Milton, I guess. Just just kind of a, um, can Milton escape him? Can he get past him on his routes? Because he's a guy that likes to really follow the quarterback. Um, he led the team in tackles last week with six. Um, obviously playing UMass, obviously playing not a very great offensive line, but regardless, he has that ability to kind of blow up a backfield. So um, especially against a batter offensive line, that's going to be really interesting to see um, just how Milton will address that. Ryan, what about you? Yeah, I think it's not Tennessee's offensive line versus Pitt's defensive line. Kind of echoing the same thing for me since not, because I think Tennessee's going to need to be able to run the ball some to win this game. And you know, run, run blocking was obviously good last week, not even – considerable, you know, on the same page as the challenge we're going to see this week. And to Ethan's point before about Pitt having some uncertainty in the back end, I think Tennessee's going to have some opportunities to hit some plays over top, or at least Milton's going to have some open throws over top if the offensive line can protect. Uh, I'm not sure that's going to be the case or not. I'll be really interested to watch that. And this isn't a matchup, but I think a big key for this game is Tennessee's red zone defense. I think Pitt's going to be able to move the ball between the 20s pretty well on Tennessee, but They've been shaky the past few years uh, with red zone offense, and I think if Tennessee can win some battles there and kind of bend, not break, hold hold Pitt to three, I think that would uh, really bode well for Tennessee and, and give them a good good chance to come out with a win. Um, I'm gonna do my okay. Here we go. Uh, this is this is on the docket, but I'm gonna spruce, I'm gonna spruce it up a little bit. Whew. All right. In my most sports source way of phrasing this question. <laughs> Let's get in the sports source zone. My favorite weekend program, local program in in the world. I love it so much. Is this a must win for Josh Heupel? If he wants to really get the the, the orange and white back where they were in 1998. If we want to get back to the dominance that we we know to expect. Nealon, you got 100,000 strong. You got this fan base ready to go. You don't lose to Pitt. You don't lose on Johnny Majors. Uh, the Johnny Majors Classic. What you do if you're Josh Heupel to instill confidence is you you win this game. You go out and you hit him in the mouth. You hit him in the mouth. You show the Rocky Top Nation that this is this is who we are. That the Tennessee Volunteers, we're going to hit you. Joe Milton, he's that guy. I want to see it because there is no excuse for some lowly ACC school to come into this building. Like You want to do this. You want to show grit. You want to show determination. You want to be... Full on ball for life. You want to have that go big orange spirit. And there is nothing, nothing that Pat Narduzzi and whoever else comes in from that Pitt Panthers, that Northeast, just nonsense. No, we're not playing that style anymore. We're running fast tempo. We're doing up tempo. We're doing this. Am I right? Like, this is a must win. If Josh Heupel loses this game, I don't know how the fans are supposed to trust him anymore after this game. This is it. Job on the line, right out of the gate. There is no excuses on Saturday. Am I right, Ryan? Uh, I wish I was in person to give you a round of applause because that was that was masterful. <laughs> that was yeah, that was I masterful. That. And, and what 
Well, it, well, it's not you know it's not a must win. Obviously, that's over dramatic. There's a lot of a lot of winnable games on Tennessee's SEC schedule that are just as important as this one. I do think it's a massive game from the per- perception standpoint. I think if Tennessee were to get a win, I think you would see a lot more excitement from the fans that we really haven't seen this offseason. I mean, we've talked about it plenty on this program the last eight months, the, the apathy and just the the cloud that's over the program right now. So I think that would do a lot to get some energy back in and getting a win. And he, uh, it, it is a big game. It's a big game for Tennessee to make a bowl game. Obviously, you know, one game is not must win for a team that's, you know, going between somewhere between five and seven and seven and five. But I really do think it's, it's a huge game for Heifel and it's a huge game for him to try to get the fan base kind of behind him uh, going into SEC play. Ethan, what do you think? Yeah, huge game. Uh, a game against Pitt for for Heifel, I don't think it's a must win. Now, for Tennessee fans, I can I can understand that sentiment. I can understand you definitely want to be winning this game. Look, Ethan, we still got Jarrett Garantano on the brain. I'm ready to move on. I want to <laughs> stop Jarrett Garantano out of my life. I don't want to talk about Washington State. I don't want to look at him. I don't want to think about him. I don't want to do this anymore. But we saw down the stretch that these Tennessee volunteers down here in SEC country, we can still do it. We can't forget that run at the end of 2019. We can't forget that SEC East title run with Eric Ainge years ago. Friend of the program, Eric Ainge. We need somebody like that that we can count on. We need that from Joe Milton, and we need that from Josh Heupel right away. You had a full offseason. You're ready to go. There's no excuses. COVID, none. No, you're practicing. Tion Evans not available. Doesn't matter. This is your time. This is why we paid you. This is what your job is. No excuses. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll answer you that with Jeremy Pruitt lost to Georgia State and kept his job for another year and a half. I mean, for Joss Heupel, mm. winning this game is obviously important, sure, but will it get him fired? Will it get him on the hot seat? Two games in, I don't think so. Now, well, hold on. Georgia State, Vanderbilt, that's a local set. That's South a Southern Carolina. school. That's a Southern school. That's not that Northern school. That's not the Pitt Panthers. Carolina, then you can be talking about that. <laughs> I'm not sure you can do that this early against a pretty decent Pitt team that got some votes in the Coaches A people. Mm. Um, do we like the all-orange look in all seriousness? I like the all-orange, and I, I think it's a lot better now than when they kind of brought it back a few years ago. Yeah. Looks to me, a lot better with the double-striped white pants and double stripe, double white stripe on the pants and looks a lot better with the white cleats instead of black. Mm. Ethan, what do you think? Yeah, this might be an unpopular opinion, but this is probably my favorite look that Tennessee has. I love the all orange, and you know, favorite look. Plays, yeah, it, okay, it's a pretty good homage to to majors as well. Obviously, they started this in I believe 1977, their final home game. So mm-hmm. you know, obviously, momentous thing. Uh, nice to pay tribute, obviously, and I think it's just a great look. So it'll it'll, it'll look good on uh, on Saturday. Yeah, I agree. I, I just want one one game a season, Smoky Gray. I want the Smoky Grays back for one game a season. I just I don't like that we don't do that anymore. I know the black's never coming, but give me one Smoky Gray, one Smoky Gray. Um, all right, well that's all I've got, guys. Ryan's got to beat traffic to get to Sevierville to go to UT baseball night at Smoky Stadium, um, which I do believe is happening. And that was just joking. Are you going to be there for that, Ryan? I am going to be there, yeah. Yeah, there last, you go. Last homestand of, home of the year out, out in Kodak. There you go. Um, what are we What are we covering tonight, Ethan? What What game are you going to be at? All right, so we got South Doyle at Bearden tonight. Should Ooh. be a pretty good game. 
Bearden was not expected to be 2-1 as of right now, but South Doyle's kind of killing at their three now. they got a really good running back in Sean Gary. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a pretty good game, I think. Yeah, and hey, we're making progress on Walter Nolan. Going to see him up close and mm-hmm. personal. Um, then the current running back, who's really good. You're, you're neck of the woods. Uh, what's his name? I never remember this dude's name. Uh, Desan Bishop. Yes. Yeah, I, I watched him my uh, senior year. And, yeah, he's, he's a player. He's going to be legit. Uh, Tennessee offered him, actually. So we'll see where that goes. But, but yeah, he's, he's a legit player. He's, he's, he's got what it takes, I think. All right. Well, enjoy the games tonight. Um, I will be in attendance on Saturday. Uh, with the the normal folks, unlike Ethan and Ryan, the the media elites, the that I'm better than you, and we know it of the world, uh, the Ryan Shumperts and the Ethan Stones, they're they're just they have bigger they're they're up they're they're up there in uh, the press box where the the normal folks like myself are not not privy to not not privy to it, um, but you know I'll still try and have some fun when I'm watching Kenny Pickett carve up this Tennessee volunteers defense hopefully not because that's just not a great way to spend a saturday ryan we can read you at rocky top insider so folks go check that out if you have not already it's a great tennessee volunteers website and follow ryan at r shumper to do i want to say is it double zero am i yes double zero. zero zero not the earth there you go um not the earth <laughs> no earth no earth and we can follow ethan what is your handle it's at ethan stone 23 for the great Devin Hester. Hopefully. Oh, I thought you were going to go Michael Jordan there. Okay. Nope. Nope. <laughs> the real Chicago 23. <laughs> the real Chicago 23 exactly. is Devin Hester. Devin People Hester forget. All the way. Uh-huh. I mean, Atlanta Falcons legend, Devin Hester. He was fun. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Not me. You Not me. record in a Falcons jersey. I, I honestly, if I could find a Devin Hester Falcons jersey, I would rock it on Sunday because the Falcons are back. Um, very exciting. Very exciting. Um, Guys, thank you so much for the time. As always, enjoy the weekend, football-filled weekend, and we will reconvene next week. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.